This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 431 for the week of January 8th, 2018. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kanzen Shu. Is it a podcast? It is a podcast. This particular aspect and product of our site is a podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Kanzen Shu, EX. <laughs> well, Maybe it is EX. For the 20th anniversary, we add on the EX to it. Uh, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. My name is Mike Vegito with the EX on the end there. Uh, I have at least one other person with me right now. Hopefully joining in later on, we'll, we'll actually get three quarters of the team here. Uh, Jake Herms, you're here though. Yes. Hello. It is a brand new year. And at the beginning of every year, what we like to do is take a look back at the previous year, see how it went, see what the top stories of the year were, see what we think the top stories of the year were or slash should have been. And uh, we make predictions every year. So it gives us a chance to look back at last year's predictions and make some new predictions for the new year. So that is the rundown of what we got going on this episode. Um, theoretically, Julian is waking up and finding his headset and joining us at some point because that's what it means to be an adult and have children is missing your podcast schedule. Just saying, dude, it's fine. The predictions is the the biggest part of the episode. And we're going to save that for a little bit. How I want to start the episode, like I said, is talk about what some of the biggest stories of the year were. Uh, and then we're going to talk about what we think they, they may have actually been um, in contrast to what the numbers tell us. Um, that's what's on tap this episode. And at the very end, we're going to have some of your predictions from Twitter. And we'll talk about uh, Kanzen Shu here in 2018. So without further ado, the year 2017 in review. Jake, the top five stories of the year on Kanzenshu, and these are driven pretty much entirely by traffic. I think people were a little taken aback, a little surprised at what some of the stories were this year. Um, that starts out right with number five, which is actually the news post about the ninth ending theme being announced. Again, the numbers don't lie. This actually was the number five top visited story on Kanzenshu in 2017. From my perspective, I I think it was a combination of a couple things. Uh, one is we haven't had a series like this with so many ending themes before. Uh, even Kai topped out uh, before this when you consider even the two runs of Kai put together. Uh, and we had Lyco Tower returning within the same series for their second ending theme. I don't really have any thoughts beyond that, though. Uh, what do you think may else have been a contributing factor here. Well, on that note, may I ask you which one is the ninth ending theme? <laughs> Lost track. The ninth ending theme is uh, Haruka, Far Away. Yeah, even hearing the title, like, I, I know the title, but I can't think <laughs> right. of the music. <laughs> I know, I'm kind of feeling the same way. Lacko Tower has been on the, the less favorite end for me. Alright, I guess I have nothing else to say about this one. Uh, we stick with music. The number four top news story of the year was Ultimate Battle appearing as an insert song in episode 110. Uh, we had Akira Kushida coming to Dragon Ball for the first time. Um, a, a veteran of Shonen and Tokusatsu robot. He's been uh, around the block, but Dragon Ball for the first time. The first new insert song for Dragon Ball Super. We did have Chozetsu Dynamic uh, get used as an insert song back during the Universe 6 versus 7 tournament, uh, but this was a, a brand new song. I think that uh, surprised a lot of people. It got some excitement going. It was also tied in with that back-to-back one-hour special, uh, really great animation one episode, new transformation 
action-ish kind of thing going on. I feel like this one's a little self-explanatory. Yeah, just part of the general hype of that special. And then since then, they've gotten a lot of mileage out of it, though. They have. They've been using it uh, as an instrumental version, as a vocal version again, and uh, I think even just recently as an episode or two ago. So uh, curious to see what the rest of Dragon Ball Super will bring us in terms of insert songs. Uh, I guess let's move on. Number three top story of the year was the all 12 names, the gods of destruction. We had all of them lined out in V-Jump. This was from the April 2017 issue of V-Jump. So this was back in February. So we were really just getting going with the Tournament of Power, the Universe Survival arc. Uh, This was a wonderful splash because it gave us the names, it gave us the character designs, and it even broke down for us who was designed by Toriyama, who was designed by Toyotaro, and uh, who was a collaboration between the two. This was, uh, I call it uncharacteristically transparent of them. It's the kind of stuff that maybe we usually get later on down the road, but they just laid it all out on the table for us here. I mean, in in that regard, is that any different than what they do with the original DBZ movies, where they'd show Toriyama's uh, character designs in Jump in the lead-up to the movie? That is true. Now, one of the things I was recently digging through an old issue of E-Jump was uh, Hype for DBZ Movie 8, and as we saw, they pretty much just tell the entire story of the movie with the character designs, all the transformations there. So yeah, I guess it's not entirely different. Maybe what's different here is the involvement from Toyotaro. Just feels like it's at some other different level. We have all this collaboration going on. Yeah, it's a big step for him to be designing characters that appear not just in the manga, but in the anime version. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, more or less, the main version, or at least the one that comes out first, certainly. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll talk about that with some of our predictions about (laughs) what was first and when and what will continue to be first and primary down the road. Uh, I'm going to lump the number two and number one stories of the year together. Uh, I I really think this was surprising to people. They were just some overviews of character biographies from the official Dragon Ball Super website. Number two, uh, I think... Vermood was there and uh, with Makarita there as well. I think that got kind of the most excitement, the most hype. Uh, the number one story, we had two of the wolf characters uh, and this is all a, a weird time period for the official website. Jake, can you speak a little bit to what was going on with the official website at the time in terms of what was on the site versus what was hidden on the site versus what was half written on the website? So the official site has had this section on um, like character bios since the beginning, just giving broken up by story arc and giving very general overview, like saying, oh, here's Frost. He kind of looks like Frieza, but he seems to be nicer, question mark, exclamation point. And but then for the uh, universe survival arc, they kind of revamped that section because of the billion characters who are appearing. So they did this whole thing where it's um, at the early stage, they were just adding it was just an extension of the existing character bio page. And then later on, it kind of became its own subsection where it's divided up by each of the 12 universes. Yeah, they had to break it into arc and then by universe after that point because there were just too many characters. Yeah. And so when they started out, you know, the first characters we got were the trio de dangers because they're in the uh, exhibition match and the thing that they did was um like they gave these bios that in retro we didn't entirely know at the time but in retrospect they turned out to be completely wrong in various aspects they'd assign one character's techniques to another and there's like a a period missing in one of the bios so that it was just this this run-on sentence where at the time i was like i'm pretty sure there should be a period and these should be two separate sentences but they almost kind of work as one really long sentence but with a totally different meaning so that was like a thing for a while i was like okay is well, it's kind of ambiguous if it's um, this or that. And then eventually they did go back and actually fix it. And then it was also like um, two of the characters were the oldest brother. And, you know, so it was all these minor things like that, which they eventually fixed. And then 
That was kind of a bad sign. And then when they debuted, I think it was um, Topo and uh, Hedis, like one of, they were both labeled as gods of destruction, even though um, Topo is a warrior. Like, you know, they not only, they give the breakdown of like which universe and then what category, if they're god of destruction or a yeah, Kaioshin yeah. or a fighter. And so, yeah, yeah, so right from the start, all these little minor mistakes. And then later on, they had this thing where, um, as we were going further into the arc and they debuted the section with divide up by 12 universes, someone, and I don't know exactly who was the first person to discover this, but they found that if you look, if you could um, inspect the elements of the website, then there were these uh, bios that had the text for bios, which had not yet debuted on the site, but were there and could be read. And right. so this was some of the first information we got on Khalifa and Kale. But even this, like, turned out to be not entirely fitting with how they were later portrayed in the series. Where, for instance, with Kale, her bio, her hidden bio, which wasn't ever actually officially dis- d- displayed on the site, it said like, "Oh, uh, Kabe is always getting mad at her for not ex- for um, being so weak-willed." Mm-hmm. Which isn't really a thing that ever happened in the show itself. In that same batch of hidden bios, there was one for uh, Damon, the Universe 4 insect warrior, which also attributed to him a whole lot of things which weren't, he ultimately didn't do in the actual series. Where it's saying like he'd um, like hide underground, like it describes him as a cicada, and so as part of that like theme, he it said he'd like hide underground and then suddenly appear in the air and like do dodging and self destruct self destruct attacks and all this stuff, which in the actual episode he's in he is essentially just a small person who's hard to hit and the thing was is that this bio for this character appeared months and months and months and months before he appeared in the series yeah they were really holding back on uh that universe's characters for a long time and that was kind of part of the suspense is like oh where are the extra two from this universe that because there's only eight that we can see and yes yeah, so right. there's all this hype built up around those guys yeah well let's get into that right now now joining us to talk about spoiler culture that's kind of where i want to go uh julian you finally showed up that was wonderful hello yes so being an old man i sat down to uh do something else and fell asleep and i'm here just we gonna rest my eyes for a little bit yeah i know how it goes <laughs> all right so oh, we've just covered the top five stories of the year and now we're going to talk about spoiler culture a little bit because the top two stories on Konzenshu of the entirety of 2017 were really just some coverage of character bios uh some of them unlisted jake this is more in your wheelhouse because you're, you're constantly going through everything out there on twitter maybe again speak a little bit to this what is it about just all the little tidbits any little shred of information that people can get why is this such a thing i mean some fans obviously they try to avoid spoilers as much as possible but then on the flip side there are people who just want to know all the information that's available as soon as it's available and so i guess it's just the internet age where there's all these various ways to get this information out earlier than was available in the past you know when the series during its original heyday during the 90s you just couldn't do this sort of thing. Part of that is this kind of thing where not only are people reading the bios that are on the website, but they're going through the um, nitty gritty of the website to find stuff that's not even supposed to be viewed by the public. And in fact, turned out that for one reason or another, it was never actually put up officially. So we don't, whether or not that was because they're like, it was like a rough draft or who knows, maybe it was just a thing that was there just to test something. I don't, I don't know how website design really works. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, we, we do that all the time too. We, we, write stuff and we comment things out and we go back to it. I mean, this isn't entirely unheard of. Uh, to me, I, I I think it really speaks to the production of the series and uh, 
their continued struggle with how far in advance are things planned out? Is the entirety of it planned out? What's changing at what point along the way? And it sounds like maybe the bugs were part of that early thing. We even saw a little bit, uh, it was uh, some character bio shots in Psycho Jump where the, the characters didn't end up being what they were shown as there, right? Yeah, it's like, I mean, you talk of the bugs and we say that plural because originally when they appeared in that, uh, like a Psycho Jump thing, like this feature that it was like, here's headshots of all the uh, different warriors from the universes and this was like the first time we got a real overview of like all these people and what each of their names was so you could start working out name puns for everyone and part of that was that it showed Damon and uh, oh god is it Gami Saras? So it had those two the uh, universe four warriors and um it showed them both as insects and um, essentially palette swapped. It's like palette swapped. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. And so Damon, this is essentially how he appeared in the final episode. He, tur- I mean, the joke was he turned out to be a lot smaller than anyone would have predicted ahead of time. But on the flip side, uh, Gami Sadas looks nothing like he did in the uh, jump issue. Instead, he- instead of an insect, he's like essentially a chameleon. We never get a clear shot of him. He's like, he's supposed to be invisible. But then at one point they blow up smoke. So you get kind of an outline and he's a kind of lizard guy. So essentially, for one reason or another, they uh, just didn't go with that original design. Yeah, and just further speaking to that, it wasn't just the official website, Psycho jumped there as well. Wasn't there another profile of a character that was supposed to be a Sufrurian and they never mentioned that? Well, in the yeah, in the Psycho, the same thing where they had uh, the pictures of Daman and Gamisadas, it said for Universe 2, just as an overall description of the universe, it said some stuff. It's like, oh, they also have... Um, Sufurian and Yardratian warriors. And of course, we know that um, Jimez, he is Yardratian, which they they mention in the show. They never quite explain why Yardrat exists in Universe 2. But we in the series itself, it's never mentioned if anybody on the Universe 2 team is a Sufurian. You know, the um, people from uh, the filler, DB, DBZ filler, and then Plan to Eradicate Science, and then uh, GT. Because they said this without specifying which character, this led to, you know, people paid attention to that. There's a lot of speculation like, oh, which one is it? Because... Like, Zerloin kind of looks like uh, General Rild from GT. While Rild is not a Sephirian, he is a machine mutant created by uh, Dr. Mew, who was created by Baby, who is sort of a Sephirian, so people thought maybe it's <laughs> that guy. <laughs> by extension, three ways. Then there's uh, there's a, the, the character as the kind of white mustache who kind of sort of looks a bit like Dr. Mew himself, if you squint a little. Yeah, and even some of those other characters, yeah. yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, it's not mentioned in the series, so like, does it, was this a mistake in Jump, or, you know, know like what's going on is this even still is it canon anymore <laughs> right does it even matter i mean we some of these characters were basically dispatched before we even got to meet them basically yeah something uh, that i'm going to be talking about soon i had hoped it was going to be a, a holiday break project but then i end up being sick the entire holiday break so i made no progress on that but uh i <laughs> recently purchased some older magazines and uh, let me spoil a little bit of it here uh some animedia and animage from 1992 1990 um, just like we have today, we have episode previews, three or four episodes for Dragon Ball Super, listing the production staff and uh, the titles and even the episode descriptions. So I have some episode previews for Dragon Ball Z, 
during its original airing, uh, specifically for the end of the Frieza arc, which had already been published in the manga, and the episode descriptions are wrong. So you're kind of <laughs> like, <laughs> this this series already exists. The story is what it is. How can it possibly be wrong? Uh, it was exactly the same back in the 90s. Uh, episode titles as they're printed in the 90s are not the final episode titles as they aired. Uh, so what's old is new again. Look for uh, some, some fun features on that in the future, but I think that just goes to show like this is par for the course. This is kind of nothing new, even for the show when it was based on a manga that pre-existed. They had the same problems. And I think uh, this just amplifies any of those pre-existing problems. I mean, I, I do think it's true that it's nothing new, although I do th- I think the extent to which has happened has increased just for the universe survival arc alone compared Agreed. to previous arcs of Super. Well, those were the top stories of the year on Konzenju. Again, I say the numbers don't lie. That's what people came to visit. It wasn't even a contest. Uh, I do want to talk about some of the technicalities, as I mentioned in the news post, because there were two of them. Uh, our number two news post of the year would have been one of the April Fool's posts, and that was the reveal of Goku's new form as seen in the show's opening theme. Uh, If you didn't get a chance to read that one, I uh, definitely suggest you go back and check that out. And our number five news post of the year would have been, if we were counting things that were posted in previous years, would have been the key visual and initial synopsis for the Universe Survival arc that was posted in December 2016. But uh, I think that makes sense. As we headed into the new year, it had the entire year to get all of that traffic. And that was an important debut that continued to get referenced over and over again. So that makes a lot of sense. But let's talk about what we think some of the uh, the most important stories of the year were. I'm going to toss this out here. We need to do a more focused episode on it. We unfortunately just didn't, it just didn't work into the schedule. At the time it happened, we had already pre-recorded our Dragon Ball GT review, and I'll talk about that at the end of the episode here. But um, we had a very tragic loss. Um, Hiromi Suru passed away uh, at the end of the year. Of course, the voice of Bulma and um, you know several other related characters. Uh, I think this is going to have a lasting impact on the series just from a personal enjoyment perspective. This was something that I wasn't expecting in any way. Uh, I think it's safe to say none of us had our eyes on her as someone that we might not have uh, for for years to come. And it hit me much harder than I thought it was going to. Julian, why don't you give us your take on this? Yes, uh, I think the impact was compounded just because it was so completely unexpected. She was younger than most of the cast. She's only in her 50s. And um, as far as we knew, she didn't have any previous health problems and while there's you know some members of the cast that we have worried about from a health standpoint and um, some with um, quite a bit of uh, previous health history to back that up this one just you know was so completely out of left field that I think it just it left us struggling just to understand what was happening yeah uh, Jake you were you were covering the stories there was a little bit of misinformation uh, early on but th- th- it came out there and we were just kind of left stunned with what we were reading yeah Yeah, and I kind of lost track a little bit after the initial um, reports. So 
I don't know if either of you two know, was it ever revealed like what the actual specific cause of death was? Uh, if it was an aortic rupture, I don't quote me on that, but it, it sounds like it was just this abrupt heart failure sort of scenario that I guess I can't remember if she'd even like complained of feeling off, but evidently she just sort of pulled over and put on her emergency lights and that was it. Yeah, that's what it was. It was an aortic dissection. But yeah, at the time it was just reported that they had found her at the side of the road with her emergency lights on and that the cause of death was unknown. But yeah, that was part of the information was some people, I guess I'd said, oh, is it because they just read something saying she was found in her car that had been a car accident, but that was specifically was not it. And in fact, in, in some of their uh, tributes to her, they mentioned specifically how it, it was just like her to be mindful of others and to just pull over to make sure that other people were out of harm's way. Well, again, I, I want to talk more about her and her impact on the series um, in the future. I want to give it its own spot, but uh, I think a lot of people were surprised that wasn't one of the top stories of the year. And even if it were, I'm not sure that I would have felt comfortable including that in that kind of presentation with it, but I, I wanted to to mention it here. Um, so again, stay tuned. We'll, we'll talk more about Subaru and give her uh, her due. I think she, uh, she deserves that. Uh, a lot of people surprised that the new movie didn't make <laughs> the top five list. We'll talk about that in our predictions a little bit. But again, that was also so close to the end of the year. We may end up seeing that as a technicality in 2018. Yeah, where was it? Do you have like stats on like, if not the top 10, like what would have, where does it rank right now? Uh, I don't have that in front of me. I did at the time. <laughs> I probably should have had it there. But uh, yeah, it's it's ranking up there pretty high already. Uh, what month was the top ranked story from? So the top story was March and number two was February. And you, you expect those kinds of things. They have the entire year to build up that traffic. That being said, most stories, you know, they get their attention when they debut and it's kind of all or nothing after that point. But then I like, like I mentioned that technicality of uh, what would have been uh, up in there is the, the synopsis for the universe survival arc. There are those landmark stories. And I think the new movie announcement will be one of those for the next year that are just constantly re-referenced over and over and over because that was the start of it. And I think the new movie is going to end up being one of those possible. I do think that um, there's going to probably be a ton of information coming out, probably not within the next couple of months, but towards the middle of the year, that's going to get a lot of information and particularly because they, they seem to be angling for an original story i think we're going to be yeah. number one translating a lot of information and number two fighting a lot of misinformation <laughs> you ready for as, that as cycle one does. oh no i'm not <sighs> but yeah just thinking about it makes me shiver I know we're all in a, a slightly different place than we were in 2013 when Battle of Gods was, well, even 2012 into 2013 when that was when that was ramping up. Uh, anything else from the the course of 2017 that you thought were significant stories? I don't know if it even counts because it hasn't officially been announced announced but the almost complete works of Akira Toriyama that's uh, grayed out on the official Dragon Ball website really intrigues me yeah what do you think we're gonna get out of that they have a new website which is pretty much just the same as it was before but it seems like they have larger plans for it now right I would love to get uh, a larger format collection of like all of his one shots and maybe even some of his short series mm -hmm. I have a feeling Shueisha may drop the ball in some way and not include something that we would consider vital and not just Lady Red, which is problematic for other reasons. But <laughs> You um, say that, but Lady Red did get a release within, what, the last decade or so, didn't it? Yeah, within uh, Toriyama Akira Mankan Zenseki, which was the bunko size release of some of Toriyama's short works. 
Yeah, we get three volumes of that? Two. Um, oh, two. It didn't include everything that had been released up to that point. It did include Alien Peke, which mm-hmm. was a two-part one that he did in, I want to say, August 1996 in Weekly Shonen Jump. And it may have included one or two chapters of Nekomajin, but it didn't include the other things that he'd done up to that point. And um, Lady Red, I think, was the only previously unpublished new material that they included. Mm-hmm. There was also the um, in the Jump Remix series, they did a three-part version, which um, also included some of the same material. But it again, it really shies away from most of his late 90s stuff is really frustrating because that's where the majority of his unpublished one-shots are from. And I'd really like to see something that actually manages to collect those and also his original two contest entries that were only published in his fan club newsletter. Well, what's the story? There's some lost material though, isn't there? Oh, there's a couple of things. There's, well, again, his um, weekly jump, uh, the Young Jump Award submissions, first one was Awawa World, and the second one was uh, Mysterious Rain Jack, which mm-hmm. was both of them where he was still relatively wet behind the ears as an artist, and one of them was outright a Star Wars parody. Well, this is the right time for that, man. Well, of course. It was 1977. No, I, um, I mean, now is a great time to bring it back. Well, well, of course, yeah. But again, that made it inadmissible. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's what got... Um, Torishima to take Toriyama under his wing and sort of guide him on the path to becoming an actual cartoonist. And later on, oh, let me see, in 1986, the very first issue of Super Jump, we all remember Lady Lady Red, which was from the second issue, but he contributed two four-panel comics along with a little short autobiographical strip to the first issue of Super Jump. The theme was gourmet and sports, and the punchline in each is basically that... Um, the guy is good at a bunch of things, but he's not so good in bed now, is he? Well, you're getting ahead of yourself here. Now you're talking about a little bit of predictions and wants for the new year. But that was sort of kind of an announcement, even though they well, didn't actually I announce guess, it. I suppose, yeah, it was a half non-announcement there. They put it on the website in a place where you can see it and right. you don't have to search for it. But even if they didn't say anything about what's in it. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other real significant things? I mean, the, the year has pretty much just been the universe survival arc in terms of original content. Any other right. big, impactful stories that you think should be noted before we move on? I guess just all the hype for uh, fighters. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people oh, were yeah. shocked the fighters didn't make the list. That was another one that was very much close to uh, making it up there, but just didn't quite squeak by. I mean, people can be sharply divided on what they want in their fighting games. And at this point, I feel like there is no getting everyone to agree. But it seems like this one has a lot of what people are hoping for. All right. Well, let's leave it there. Uh, Those are some of what we thought were important stories and maybe even some teases of what to look for in the new year. At this point, we're going to do a quick look back at what we predicted last year. Uh, It was Heath and I last year. We don't have Heath this time around, so we all get to tear him apart a little bit. And uh, then we'll look at my predictions and then we're all going to make new predictions for the new year. So on to the next segment here. All right, let's try to run through these pretty fast. Heath said the universe survival arc will run longer than anything we have seen in Super so far. It will kind of break out and have multiple things happening, some side stories going on, but it'll be over by the end of the calendar year. Uh, I get my half and half on this one. It is the longest thing ever so far. (laughs) Yep, just not quite over yet. And it doesn't have any side stories, really. No, nothing at all. Heath said the manga will do a good job of staying ahead of the animated series, 
Uh, you're saying this based on early looks at Toyotaro material for the arc. Yeah, we got that uh, preview trailer for the arc that showed Toyotaro drawing things uh, ahead of time, still into the Trunks arc for a, a long portion of 2017. This absolutely did not happen, though. Toyotaro is going to get bumped up to 40 plus pages per chapter. That absolutely happened. We're sitting around 46, I think, pages per chapter at this point. And uh, uh, one chapter in particular got revised in volume four with an extra for four pages, the uh, Vegito versus Zamasu fight. So that did happen. He said 2017 or very early 2018 will see something that addresses the end of Z in some fashion. Uh, we have not hit that at any point. Well, they did have Oob show up in the last manga chapter. They did. They did. So they're continuing to hint that, yes, we know where this is supposed to go, but we're not actually really there yet. Uh, he said there will be some new type of transformation. But it won't be Goku. It'll be someone else. No idea who. <laughs> uh, we already knew, of course, at that point uh, about legendary Super Saiyan female Broly, who we didn't yet know who that was, but he meant someone in yep. the main cast. Well, that did not happen. Hang on to that. We'll talk about my predictions soon enough. What about Kefla? Uh, doesn't really count. Is that a transformation or is that a... No, no. And not really part of the main cast. I think he was... Speaking more on uh, our team here. Uh, Heath said Xenoverse 2 did well enough. Dimps will go on to something else, but drop the Xenoverse name. Basically just copying what I said the previous year. No, that did not happen. Uh, what else? Uh, he said Zenkai Battle home release, and uh, I criticized him. Heath, we can't just keep saying that every year until it happens and then say we finally nailed it. No. Uh, in Japan, we'll get volumes three through six of Super, the manga here. It'll be 50% interviews to beef up the page count. Uh, that did did not happen. In reality, we did get volumes three and four. Um, Heath said we'll get volume three in April. It actually came out in June, and then we got volume four in November. But he was right in terms of uh, ramping up manga material. Uh, Heath said the Yamcha manga did so well, they'll expand to do another one with another artist. Well, that didn't happen. Not yet, though we did get a collected edition of the case of being reincarnated as Yamcha. Uh, Heath said, and we've been saying this for a while now, is SD, is anyone reading it? Does anyone care? It's going to fade off and die in 2017. Uh, did not quite happen. Heath said that Victory Mission will finally get a compilation released. Uh, they had already released it all for free digitally, so why not a print version? At this point, you can actually brand Toyotaro. That did not happen. Said we'll see a new guidebook this year. Not part of a big series, but something smaller, a little new companion thing. We we're equating it to maybe something like the first uh, Dragon Ball GT Perfect file. No, nothing like that. Uh, how about new full colors from Viz in 2017? We'll hear about it, but see a release in 2018. Uh, mum's the word on that still. Uh, and here's what Heath said. We do hear rumblings or an official announcement of a new theatrical film, a side story, not part of the TV series continuity. You would think that Heath should get credit for this. However, Heath said the exact same thing the previous year. <laughs> so, Heath, you can't just keep saying the same things every year and then take credit for it when you get it right. So, uh, no, I, I, I give you fake credit for that one. And then finally, he said lunch will make a reappearance. That did not happen. So, um, not so good overall, Heath. I guess as far as a new guidebook goes, the closest we got was that uh, Cyan thing that was with Psycho Jump. Yeah, we did get that. That, that was kind of less a guidebook. It was really a compilation. Jake, it was like the, the first appearance of every Super Saiyan form, and then they, they kind of had to fudge it for the Super manga. Yeah, essentially. So, yeah, the first appearance of uh, yeah the original form, and then Gohan at the Cell Games, and then Goku against Boo, and then 
the chapter of Super where it's just, um, uh, yeah, where God first appears, but then for Blue, because they, the Super manga didn't adapt Resurrection F, they had the chapter where it's Goku versus Hit, which right. does feature the form, but it's not its first appearance because in the manga, its first appearance is just Goku and Vegeta training. Right, right. Which is, isn't very dramatic. No, I actually think they should have went with that anyway, but no, they went with the Hit thing. But like you were saying, we did get some extra content from Toriyama in there. That's uh, where we heard about Yamoshi and the S-cells and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but mostly it's just the manga rather than a guidebook. All right, let's jump into my predictions. And again, I'm going to kind of cruise through these because I don't really want to take responsibility for some of the stuff I said. Uh, the universe survival arc will be longer than previous arcs, but not hugely. No more than 35 episodes of actual content. Arguably, you're correct. <laughs> well... <laughs> All right, so how much credit you want to give me on that one? Quarter of a point? Yeah. <laughs> sure. 27%. Uh, in terms of content predictions, I said it was so hard to even know where to begin, and we can't even necessarily say everything will work out in the end, because look at the Trunks arc. Uh, I said no new transformation or hair color. Goku will find a way to get even stronger again, but it won't be in the usual way. I'm giving myself three quarters on that one. Still still I a raging guess. debate whether this ultra instinct thing should be counted as a technique or transformation. Although, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, it's the same difference, really. Yeah, I feel, yeah, I feel the same way. One, six dozen of one half. Wait, no. Six dozen of one, 60 of the other. Julian, <laughs> really go back to sleep. <laughs> Any, 72 of the other. Uh, anyway. In terms of video games, I said we already knew Xenoverse 2 was going to get support through uh, four DLC packs, and we knew Pack 2 was coming that February. I said the Switch port will probably come this year, uh, which we did in fact get, and that leaves the end of the year open for an announcement, and sure enough, we ended up getting fighters. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, though. Uh, in terms of portable stuff, we already knew Ultimate Mission X on the 3DS was coming in April. I already forgot that that came out and that I sort of kind of played that over the course of this year um, which left the rest of the year open for really new content though I thought we would get a totally different kind of game crazy theory not even a fighting game time for another try it's an action game this year well we did in fact get something totally different in the form of an, a traditional fighting game from a completely different developer than we're used to so uh, again maybe a quarter of a point all around on that. In terms of manga, we already knew Viz has Super Volume 1 untapped for the year. Uh, we're only just now getting Volume 2 from Viz. Uh, who knows when we'll get that. But to Viz's credit, they are day and date free digital release of the manga. Uh, the full color is moving so slow. Will we get an announcement of Cell for 2018? It really feels like they're trying to back away from the oversaturation they brought upon themselves over the last few years. And sure enough, we got nothing out of Viz on uh, that front, just the super manga. Uh, the novelty yeah. of Super gives them an opportunity to try something else for cross-promotion. Is this year we finally get a digital test of something else, maybe even SD? But no, we didn't get anything yeah it's a shame i mean sd is going back to more of its you know we're just gonna repeat the plot of the show right but we have so many other spinoffs but that still. could be done and i'll talk about those uh in terms of japan we got the digest edition which wrapped up and no one saw coming at all until it was actually here so there's no real reason to yeah. do anything else with the original manga uh maybe we'll just see sd volume five in the first quarter <laughs> <laughs> delay that by a year and that's <laughs> when that's actually happening uh super volume three toward the end of the year we ended up getting volume three and volume four there in terms of other publications we talked uh, heath and i about that uh will we get something new for super but we really didn't get anything there uh we had uh 
Dragon Garou Lee publishing something? Was it time for another artist to get a chance? It was such a massive success, and we definitely saw that with the collected edition. Um, but no, we, yeah. we didn't get anything. I've heard good things about that Toible fellow. <laughs> He's going places. Uh, I had two final amazing predictions. One, because Dragon Ball SD actually took a brief hiatus because Psycho Jump is bi-monthly. That actually gave quite a few months off, um, and it did not make an appearance in a particular issue. My working theory was that Naho Oishi was pregnant and was going to take some time. Um, that's the kind of thing that we wouldn't really hear about unless it was in an author comment. While I've been collecting them, I haven't gone back and actually read her author comments. So maybe this was announced, but... She talks about her video games and she talks about her love for uh, certain kinds of uh, popsicles. Food and video games, pretty standard for author yep. comments. And then I said, this is the year, the year of Kajika. Well, no, we, we, you know, we didn't no. get that. So I didn't do so well. Let's turn it over to you folks. We're, we're going to make new predictions for 2018. We don't have a, a wonderful track record, but we enjoy doing this anyway. Julian, I'm going to start with you. Start making predictions for 2018 in Dragon Ball. I predict that we get a major arc in Dragon Ball Super that leads into the new movie. People will gasp in anticipation and then be mildly let down when it's not what they think it's going to be. And I'm also going to say that um, I will find something to complain about the Toriyama almost complete collection, although we still don't really know what it is. Do you think it's just going to be a list of uh, things he's done? <laughs> right, it's not even real content. Imagine, just a list. it's not even actual content, just here's all the things he's done. Go check it out. Just copied from his Wikipedia page. And I also think that we're going to get uh, news about another game after Dragon Ball Fighters, but it probably won't come out this year. These are all pretty safe so far. Basically, you know, expected stuff, and I, Julian, will be disappointed. That is indeed par for the course. <laughs> well, do you want to you want to say uh, whether gotta get crazy. Super will actually end this year? Okay, fine. I'll, I'll say that Super will end this year, and it turns out that the whole thing will be undone by uh, the king of everything, and we'll just go straight into the regular ending for Dragon Ball Z. All right, there you go. Maybe this will surprise us and start putting out more of Toriyama's short works and stuff, but I'm not holding my breath. That's it? I'm good. Yep. All right. Jake, your turn. Dragon Ball predictions 2018. What do you got? All right. I guess I predict that there will actually be no major arc in the TV version of Super, and instead the movie will be the big new thing for the year. Okay. And so the TV show either just do all filler once the tournament wraps up or maybe go into a hiatus, okay. and which will allow uh, Toyotaro to have his manga finally catch up to the series. You know, cause <laughs> right. right now he's like, it'll take him 40 years to get through the uh, universe survival arc in the manga form. So TV show will, I don't know, either just have lots and lots of filler or go away for a while and allow him to catch up so they'll be on the same page going forward. And um, I predict that uh, fighters will sell at least three copies, maybe more, if they're right. lucky. Okay. Seems like a pretty safe one. Dragon Ball Fusions 2 for the Nintendo Switch, which will have, uh, let's see, a fusion of Jiren and Kefla called Fira Fat Jifla. Jifla, yeah. Right. Okay. And then the two, om the two Omni Kings fuse into a third that looks the same, but is stronger, I guess. <laughs> sure, why not? All right. Oh, a, a new a new show, an uh, anime adaptation of Heroes, maybe? You think that's where they're going to go after this? Yeah, why not? Here's one. Uh, Vi or not Viz. Well, maybe. Maybe Viz. Viz and or Funimation will bring uh, the Heroes card game to the U.S. in some form. Somehow. I don't know how. 
I feel like it's a lost cause at this point because they did that IC Cardas, whatever thing. They were promoting it at AX last year, and I already forgot. I think people are kind of playing that. There is a card game. If you go to Target, you can buy some card game. I don't know. Super weird that it's not Heroes. Yeah, I remember seeing that, actually. It's a big blind spot for me. I don't really know much about the card stuff. But I feel like, you know, in Japan, Heroes is just this giant, huge thing. And it just seems, you know, it keeps going and going. And it just seems like at some point they're going to have to at least try to bring that over to at least one other country. I don't know. I feel like if you bring it out, you got to go all in everywhere with it instead of just one place. Such a localization hurdle. It's 2018, man. You got to think big. Think global. Oh, well, at the very least, Heroes, or I guess it's superheroes now. Yeah. Which is different somehow. But anyway, it will continue to go strong and are continued to not really care but i'm glad it's doing well i'm glad people who like it like it i guess the battle mechanics are basically you know standard evolutionary improvements on the original dragon ball heroes but the graphics are better or something i don't know yeah it's a little bit better i mean one thing we can say is that they sort of side-loaded heroes into dragon ball's universe there's a new uh toy mode in there that's essentially dragon ball heroes just kind of scaled down significantly but it seems like they are testing the waters a little bit to see how people like it over there but i don't know heroes is its own thing it's its own entity jake you got anything else uh, i guess that's it uh i'll wrap up predictions and then we're gonna get some uh you know, listener predictions as well. I'm in an awkward situation here where I actually know too much. Uh, in past years, I've dropped tidbits in as if they were predictions, but it's kind of impossible for me to do that this year. So I'm not going to say anything about Super other than I, this is something I don't know. Um, we're going to get the Blue Dogi Goku by March. I think we'll finally see that at some point. Uh, other random Dragon Ball Super stuff. February is going to mark two years since the first official soundtracks release. I think we're going to see Volume 2 finally, which will also be two discs on the first quarter of the year. In terms of the manga, I think we'll get the usual two collected volumes of Super in 2018. We just had Volume 4 in November. That covered up to Chapter 24. Chapter 32 was due out this month in the March 2018 issue of V-Jump. So there's plenty of material. They don't really have to worry about catching up to it with uh, their standard release schedule the collected edition we know dragon ball sd volume 5 is coming out this year so <laughs> nothing else to say about that i guess they're gonna keep going i think we will get dark demon realm mission volume 2 this year we're up to the ninth chapter uh in the january 2018 issue of psycho jump volume 1 came out in may 2017 that covered five chapters so let's say we'll get volume 2 in the second half of the year um sticking with spinoff stuff i think the fusions manga because remember there's a fusions manga uh that's gonna come to a close at some point in 2018 and that one will get a compiled release otherwise uh nothing else to say about spinoffs the gt anime comic is still going it probably won't finish by the end of 2018 they started in the evil dragons arc and they're still going in the evil dragons arc well, uh, wait a minute I, I thought they were up to uh super saiyan 4 gogeta yeah still it's not over yet even it's, now no it's not over yet it's still going Wait. yeah i haven't like actually bothered to look at the issue of psycho jump i bought when i was in japan in november which tells you how much interest i have in that right now (laughs) because it's not as many pages as it probably should be and you think about it's there's still material to cover there it's still going i think they're gonna go the entire year and it's still gonna be in there and remember it's every other month so it's it's not moving very fast yeah 
I mean, didn't it start as a promotion for the evil dragon mission of Dragon Ball Heroes? Yeah, in Heroes, and that was forever ago, so it's super irrelevant now, but I feel like they're kind of committed, and it's it's right? free content. They don't have to do anything new. It's literally right? just screenshots, so... Considering it's basically just all Dragon Ball and One Piece and yep. other other um, spinoff stuff, right? Yeah, super they easy. They have a real hard time committing to original content for that magazine well you say that but we got dark demon realm we got fusions i don't know a little bit but it's still it's still, still spin off content yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's what that magazine is all right anyway uh i think viz will indeed put out the case of being re- reincarnated as yamcha uh, i think there's a lot of support uh i saw it getting passed around chris sabbat just bought the, <laughs> the volume and is excited about that people want that uh, that's got such a wonderful response i think um this is going to go after that uh and if i had to predict something i think they'll do a similar thing where they'll uh they'll put out the three chapters periodically for free in uh in english uh maybe the first one for free and then continuing uh just periodically in their digital weekly shonen jump and then we'll get a collected edition later in the year i think they absolutely have to do that and then related i said previously uh that maybe another artist will get a chance to do something this year i say no dragon garo lee gets a number two and it's going to be majin buu i think he's going to do i think he's going to do a boo spinoff that's what i'm predicting there you got to go all in with what you think here uh and i think we'll go the entire year without them making any real comment on the full colors <laughs> i don't think we're gonna get anything out of there uh fighters will be a massive success this is hardly a prediction and i think we'll see some of those new characters that we know there's going to be eight dlc characters start releasing in march and april and we will get a switch port announced mid-year that'll be out by the end of the year which leaves room for xenoverse 3 i think that'll get announced at literally the very end of the year in 2018 and it'll be a direct follow-up to what we see with foo in the xenoverse 2 dlc which will cue discussions then and there about real endings being held hostage as dlc look forward to that all right so with that said it's time to turn it over to the audience we have a ton of submissions just the last couple hours on twitter that we asked for Uh, we can't possibly get to them all but uh i'm gonna choose some of the best here and toss them out to you guys and see what you think about them lots of people i can't even attribute this to one that says planet sadala will be the next arc we'll get some more on universe six science i guess this assumes that everyone's coming back to life <laughs> what do you guys think about that uh, uh, yeah i i'm going to be shocked if they don't revive all of the destroyed universes uh yeah i have i have to imagine that they're either going to restore all of the universes or maybe have like a american comic style version where they sort of combine all the universes into one and then everybody's living in the same universe where they can fight whenever they want could you imagine having 12 gods of destruction in the same universe that's so boy right a lot of people again i can't attribute this to any one person talking about a potential hiatus in march and returning after the movie we already gave her uh, two cents on that again lots of folks saying similar things uh whether goku dies or goes away for a while i think we're gonna finally see the next generation of characters uh oob will be brought into the spotlight even pawn as well will we see a focus on them in any way what do you think featured pawn pretty heavily already so i guess yeah. that are continue yeah I'd, I'd like to see more about pawn and bra but you know we run into who's going to voice them again yep. which I, I i'm curious about but it's sad nicholas says toriyama announces a one shot before the movie probably surrounding cyan history I personally would like it to be a better version of Dragon Ball Minus. Yeah, what do you think we're going to get for a tie-in to a new movie, if any at all? Well, I don't think anything could ever surpass Minus. 
<laughs> really? That, that's a hill you choose to die on? <laughs> yes. The benchmark for all future one shots. Um, something I'd love to see is something along the lines of what uh, Eijiro Oda does for his major film releases. Mm-hmm. So for Strong World, for um, Film Z, and for Film Gold, he actually created tie-in comics that uh, relate to the plot of the movie and are so much better than the TV tie-ins that they did, which don't yeah. relate to anything in particular. But you know, they actually managed to tell a fairly compelling story in a limited page count. And I don't know if Toriyama is capable as a writer of doing that, but Dragon Ball Minus is is less a story than a collection of plot points that I think um, uh, Gaffer Tate, uh, Lance, was responsible uh, for uh, mentioning originally. It could be an interesting story, but no effort is made in making it a story because there's not enough space to actually make a story out of it. Right. So So what you think slash suggest slash hope is that maybe they follow the the model that Oda uses. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. uh, uh, J. Lunar S. The Dragon Ball Symphonic Adventure will finally be announced to come stateside and will immediately be met with backlash online for not featuring two hours of Bruce Faulkner performing. (laughs) I, I try not to include too many antagonistic slash sarcastic comments, but, you know, when you appeal to me sometimes i do i do mention them uh we did just recently get news that it's going to get two encore performances uh over there in europe i would love to see it come stateside but i have a feeling that's that's a european only kind of thing a lot of people talking about fighters garrett says in a watershed moment for anime fighters fighters will be main stage at evo and surpass street fighter 5 or marvel versus capcom infinite in entrance i am super stoked to see how fighters is going to be received by the larger fighting game community seems like it's already well on its way to massive success and acceptance and yeah uh fighters at evo that could be amazing mm. I'm, I'm really stoked i mean the only at this point you know there's all these all you know with all this hype i'm inevitably worried that it's gonna uh, not live up to expectations no you're wrong it's fantastic it's gonna be amazing don't say anything <laughs> otherwise Oh, dear. Uh, Joey says, no full movie arc in Super, but a short mini arc that relates to the movie. However, Super manages to also contradict the film in some way, endlessly frustrating people who keep track of that sort of thing. Uh, So kind of a combination of some of the things that we've been talking about there. Yeah, do you think Super itself will tie in in any way to the new film? I mean, it's hard to say. We still, It's still not entirely clear exactly when the movie will be set and exactly what it'll be like, so... If it's set in the past, then maybe not. It's hard, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I assume there will it will in some way tie in, unless like unless it really does go on hiatus, which I guess I honestly don't think that will happen. Here's a is a really interesting point that uh I, I've seen mentioned but not a whole lot. Mega Swampert eighteen, I think it is, uh John. Goku accidentally revives the old six universes Zeno destroyed when he wishes to undo the destruction of the other seven. Yeah, we did get that comment about he's already destroyed some universes, so it's is it gonna be one of those catch all very literal things with the dragon here? <laughs> that'd be that'd be interesting, but I'm not sure if they actually remember that comment from like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, before the um you, the future Trunks arcs. See also Namekian and Book of Legends. Well, well, I guess he, it turns out he did remember Toriyama did remember that. Yeah, I know. I kind of wish he didn't, and it was we could ignore it. But the fact that it got mentioned again worries me in some ways. Uh, you think we're gonna see that in the new movie? Side thing, Namekian and Book of Legends is that coming back? I honestly would have been more excited about the new movie if they said it was just going to be the Namekian Book the of Namekian. Legends. <laughs> 
<laughs> as opposed to just more science stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and because someone has to say it, Venom Symbiote 2018 will finally see the release of the Jump Super Anime Tour special here in the West just in time for its 10th anniversary. Yeah, we'll do a 10-year look back. It feels like yesterday we did a five-year look back at the JSAT special. We are now 10 years out from that with no real proper home release of that do you think there's any hope for it i think funimation will release it as a super tie-in and call it dragon ball super zero dragon ball super minus don't give them ideas uh let's see gabby says the yamoshi movie if that is the new movie doesn't bother to pretend it's not taking inspiration from the bardock special and includes a new version of solid state scouter relevant to my interests here uh again stay tuned mm. for something on that uh do you think they'll be that self-aware about it i'd say no <laughs> i mean again it's like who even knows when it'll be set but i don't i don't think they would uh reference the music at, at, in th- that way I yeah know. i agree maybe the maybe a plot point from the bardock special but not the music Go back to Fighters. Matthew says Super Saiyan 4 Goku will be announced as a DLC character for Fighters, as well as Kale and Cauliflower as an Ice Climbers style duo. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot we can say about predicting who some of the DLC characters will be. I think there will be. I should have thrown this on the list. Uh, it had been sitting there in the back of my head. I think we will see GT representation in DLC. Uh, I actually think they should go with Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta as opposed to Goku or Vegeta themselves. I think Gogeta gives you a really good chance to kind of play around and be uh, a little more wacky. And we already have uh, blue versions of the two of them. So I think throw Gogeta in there. That'd be cool. I'd love to see them have a, a add in GT characters without having Super Saiyan 4 at all. Like yeah. Just, uh, I don't know, just throw in Rilled or um, maybe GT Pawn. Yeah, I think GT Pawn or Long is kind of the obvious choice that they've gone back to over and over over the years uh, i think if you're gonna do gt you gotta throw in a super saiyan 4 though i think you that's go why with i don't want them to a lot of people talking about the new movie that's uh definitely on uh, the mind this comes to us from uh let's see saiyajin slayer funimation will release the dub of the new movie simultaneously with its release in japan and it'll get an even wider release than resurrection f yeah that's the thing is they've been moving these closer and closer resurrection f especially the home release was so close to the japanese release uh do you think they can pull off off a theatrical worldwide simultaneous release hmm it's a good question to be honest i think if they put their minds to it here's the million dollar question will there be any subtitled screenings in america hmm, probably that'd be not. nice but unless it's like an art house plate place i'm not holding yeah. my breath let's end it here uh kelly bot says reset button gt is canon <laughs> oh boy I said from the very beginning, I don't care how much contradicts itself. I want Super to end with Pilaf Trio being old, coming in, looking for a set of Dragon Balls. I don't care how that doesn't work in any way. I just want them to do it. I think that's the right thing to do. Make it happen. So that is going to bring our uh, 2017 retrospective and 2018 look ahead episode to a close. Before we end the episode for real, so let's talk a little bit housekeeping here. Uh, while I have you two here, you have to answer me because you're both on the call. Okay. What are some What are some projects you're looking to do in 2018? I would love to actually get to translating more of the interviews and things from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And I would love to also catalog his one shots and stuff, even though that's not technically Dragon Ball related. But, you know, more work on the jump stuff, which Heath has gotten back into. But, you know, with grad school, I have no idea how much effort I'm going to actually be able to 
do. All right. So if there was just one or two things that are kind of like top priority for you that you really want to get to, uh, what would those be? Uh, absolutely. Some of the stuff from the 30th anniversary book, as well as some of his interviews from right around the time uh, the Dragon Ball was starting up, like uh, 85, 86-ish. Mm-hmm. I know the 30th anniversary book, it, it's sitting over there. We've barely scraped the surface of it. It's it's a wealth of information we need to get back to. Uh, Jake, how about you? What are some big things you're looking to tackle in the new year? Yes, I guess just also the 30th anniversary book. And uh, I guess I should help Heath finish the... Uh, oh, can we even talk about the thing Heath has been working on? <laughs> <laughs> we we have we, we haven't actually mentioned what it is, but uh, yeah, there, there's a, a real good guide that we were hoping we could do after Battle of God. So maybe that'll give you a little hint of what we thought we were going to do. Uh, we'd like to wrap that up <laughs> this year. Yeah, that thing is a thing which I'd like to do. Well, that's and I always have stuff going on. <laughs> I have new things. I'm trying to. Uh, one of the things I'm working on is building out the spinoff section again. Uh, there's so many new things, new classifications for things, and it, it continues to expand by way of digital releases now and Psycho Jump. I want to catalog Psycho Jump before that magazine dies so we can say that we got it in a timely fashion. In its uh, entirety. <laughs> in its entirety, yeah. I, I do pretty much own the entire run of it. I'm missing some uh, from that first monthly year, but otherwise I do basically have the full run. That's a horrifying thing. The joke is that I will die from a collapsing bookshelf of Psycho Jump, and that is more and more likely with each passing every other month. Uh, So let's talk about the (laughs) podcast, what to look forward to. Uh, We will indeed uh, have our GT review this month. We're going to cover the next four episodes, and at the time, we didn't know how many we'd do. We're going to do episodes 19 through 22. So it'll be the next four episodes of the show. Uh, Jeff and I just looking to uh, align our recording schedules. You might hear a little little mucusy right now. Uh, So even lo-fi got delayed from our regular schedule kind of put a damper on Kanzenju podcast here as well uh, speaking of look for some related low fidelity in uh, your podcast feed here I promise it is related to Dragon Ball uh, January is going to be that month we have a cool review coming up on that show and then I'm going to do um, if you remember the Battle Point Unlimited kind of bonus episode uh, I'm going to do a similar thing with another song so look forward to that and that is Kanzenju uh, this was episode 431 of our show yeah it was all right guys i've been mike that was julian that was jake what do you guys think here's to uh the year of the dog yeah fair enough one all right so this has been our podcast thank you for listening folks we will see you next time have a lovely 2018 take you later